What's up, everybody? We welcome you back to Connect. This is an opportunity to connect with mom and I and keep the family together during these times of separation due to a pandemic and world circumstances. So we're really happy that you've joined us today and that you're a part of this program. This is episode two of this new series. And remember, you can also watch this. You watch this on Facebook. You can also listen to this program on your favorite podcast channel. So please pass the word along. Let people know about uh, our program and join us each week on Wednesdays. Both the podcast and the uh, video will drop on Wednesdays. Well, I'm really happy today because I have two very, very special people. They're not just friends, they're family. We call that at, at our church, we say we're family. That's friends and family. You can't, you can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends. We're so glad that they've joined us. It's Rick and Lisa Kaner. And the reason they're relatives is because Lisa and Lori are related through uh, their mothers and your grandmother. And so uh, it's a special long time relationship. And uh, not only that, but our lives have been intertwined throughout the years in a very special way. God's given us a gift of this family. And so when they came to town here and we got the opportunity to sit down with them, we grabbed it while we could. Rick and Lisa are missionaries in Spain, and he works, he'll tell you about the organization he worked for and what he does and how he got overseas. Uh, I'm also going to have Rick give his testimony one of these days and share that with you of how he came to Jesus. A uh, very broken young man came to Jesus and how God has used him in a mighty way around the world in some of the countries where you're listening right now. So uh, Rick and Lisa, thank you for joining me today and being a part of this program. Uh, we're honored to have you here. And I'm going to let you, Rick, start because I want you to uh, explain a little bit about your call as a couple and uh, maybe how you met each other and then your call and how you got overseas, kind of your journey there. And then I'm going to have Lisa share something with us today because uh, we happened to be uh, in Thailand with them when uh, some big event occurred. And I'm not going to let you in on that yet, but I'll let Rick tell you a little about that. So, Rick, uh, why don't you uh, kind of start out here and then we'll turn it to Lisa. Well, I think the for me, if, if we're just talking about a call and um, when God called me into ministry started initially when I first came to Christ when I was 16. I never heard the gospel before, and uh, I really heard a message about Jesus that he could give you a new life through the cross, through his cross and his death, and um, that he wanted to give me his righteousness and he would take my sin. And I thought, that's a pretty good deal. Um, and my life, it was true. It was really true that uh, he did give me a new life. And I began to think about how I could be used by God. When I was 19, 
I went on a trip with my missions professor to Romania, and uh, I rem- it, it was in 1989. And I remember just seeing the need um, in Hungary and especially in Romania, and just thinking if it's if God could change my life like He did, maybe He would use me to um, share this message and see other people transformed. And it was really true as I began to tell people about the gospel and, and who Jesus was and the good news about Jesus. And so I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it over and over again. And I felt that God was calling me to the mission field. And I thought it was Romanian um, through a lot of circumstances and um, different situations. And I met my wife, Lisa, and she actually went to Romania with me after we were married. And uh, we got into ministry, but always sensed that uh, there was a great need in many countries um, less fortunate than the United States. And I mean spiritually less fortunate, uh, not, not monetarily. And so as Lisa and I began to just continue to serve the Lord, continue to take trips overseas, we began to see that the Lord was calling us to Thailand. And um, when we realized that we could be used on a greater scale than um, we could ever imagine. We just didn't want to do anything else. Amen. We just wanted to tell as many people and encourage as many people as we could with the good news about Jesus Christ. And so as we began to do that, our calling really was kind of an unfolding into what exactly we were supposed to do. And we realized that God, if he, if he wanted to, we could go anywhere. Mm. And we could be used in any place that he called us. And so for us, it was just willing, Lord, we'll go anywhere. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll do anything. You show us, you make it clear. And we began to see that. And so our first ministry assignment um, overseas was in, in Bangkok, Thailand. And uh, what year was that? That was in 2007. We had been in youth ministry and other kinds of ministry in churches for a long time. That was in 2007. And we stayed there until um, we'll tell a little bit more about the story that happened there. But we stayed there uh, for 10 years. And then the Lord began to show us very clearly that we were supposed to go to Europe. And we have been in Spain for two and a half years. Why don't you tell them what your ministry is? We work for an organization called Live Global, and we work with national partners um, around the world, but Lisa and I primarily now focus on um, Europe. Many of them are in Eastern Europe. And so we work with partners, Bosnian partners, Croatian partners, Slovakia, Moldova, Spain, North Africa, uh, Cyprus, a lot, of, a lot of other places. And so we encourage these men and these women serving in those places and try to connect them with churches in the United States that want to partner with them. And we basically do whatever we can to help them. Mm. Uh, um, it could be from um, project-oriented. It could be um, helping with a building project. It, it Anything that you could think of, we probably do that with some partner somewhere. But our, we are 
not just um, partner focused, we are partner centric in that um, we serve them, we listen to them, and uh, we try to understand them and see how we can help the best that we can. And we just come alongside them. Yeah. And when their arms get tired, we try to hold their arms up well, and strengthen them in any way that we can. thing I appreciate about uh, Rick and Lisa's ministry is that they're working with nationals, yeah. uh, what we do at uh, Life Connection Church. And uh, um, he finds partners, as he calls them, around the globe that are of like faith and who are ready to uh, uh, join in as a team ministry, not just by themselves out there. That's a lonely place to be, all these independent churches. And we know about that. We've seen that with so many of our own people. But uh, you uh, come alongside them, support them, encourage them. And I'm not so much, sometimes there's financial support, but that's not what it's all about. It's all about encouraging them to uh, along the way, praying with them, helping them with whatever projects they can and standing alongside of them, which is so important, man. Sometimes it's just crying with them. Yep. Sometimes it's just just helping them when they feel like they're drowning. You know, in yep. Psalm 69, when David said he feels like the water has come up to his neck. Yes. And his eyes are weary and he's tired yep. and he's afraid. Um, we sit with them sometimes when they're going through that. Sometimes they sit with me when I'm going through yeah, that yeah. And, and, and cry with me and just cry out to God to, to help. And so, you know, that's, that's a lot of it. It's a true partnership when Paul yes. says that he was so happy to partner yes. in the gospel. Yes. That's what it is. It's right. And it's really beautiful. It's really fun too. Well, Rick, uh, while you were in Thailand, and we were visiting you. Yes. We came to Thailand for a little break from Kuwait. As many of you know, uh, we went there specifically to see Rick and Lisa. That was our journey because we hadn't seen them in years. And so we were so excited about being there. And uh, we had so much fun that, in fact, when our time came to an end, we Rick said, why don't you guys stay a couple more days? And we were going to go to an elephant park and do some things that day. So we changed our plane. And uh, so my son, Micah, was over at their house spending the night. Yeah. And mom and I were in a hotel room there. And then uh, the next morning, we got a call that changed uh, your lives, actually, for uh, for the rest of your life. So what happened, Rick? Um, Lisa and I had spent two years in Bangkok studying the language. It's a difficult language and preparing to go to a city called Cha'am, small town on the coast. And uh, I think we had only lived there one month when you right. guys came you to visit. just moved there. We were painting the right. building exactly. and just getting ready to, to have services and getting to meet people. And I studied so hard for two years to to learn the language and Tim and Lori and Micah were with us. Like you said, we were having the time of our lives. Just, we were new to the city and they had just come and yep. having really a wonderful time. And, uh, as Tim said, Micah was at stay the night with us at our place and they were, they were at their hotel. And I, I got a call, my wife and my son, Ricky and my daughter, Kristen had left, uh, to go do something at the immigration office. And I stayed back with Micah and, about 45 minutes later, I got a call uh, from the hospital 
And it was the hospital saying, your wife was in a car accident. She's here at the hospital and she's unconscious. And I remember that vividly. I always mm -hmm. remember that Michael was with me. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I hung up the phone and I told him the look on his face, that, that reflection of what I was feeling mm. was really heavy on my heart. And, and so I had asked the, the person talking to me, telling me that my wife was in the hospital, where are my children? Right. And they said, no, no kids came to this hospital. We don't know anything about your children. Wow. And uh, my heart really sank thinking, you know, where are my, where are my kids? And uh, just a few minutes later, my son called me from the local hospital and said, Dad, Kristen and I are here. I don't know how we got here. I don't know what happened. Um, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Yeah. And so we went, uh, I went there with, uh, with Micah to that hospital. Tim and Lori met us there. About the same time we arrived there, they, they got there. And as I began to talk to Kristen, I still hadn't seen Lisa yet. Began to talk to Kristen, my daughter. Uh, she leaned in and found out they were okay. They were banged up, some broken bones and things like that. And she pulled me close to her. And she said, I don't want Ricky to hear this. And my son still didn't even know why he was there. He was in shock. Right. And she said, Dad, I saw Mom. And she's hurt really, really bad. You need to go see her right away. And so my heart just sank looking at my kids. They're okay. And, and then hearing this. And so Tim went with me. We drove. We didn't even know where she was. No, we didn't know which hospital. They didn't tell us. They just said Ahuahina Hospital. And I knew that there were two of them. So the first one we went to was the wrong one. We ended up at the wrong one. And then we finally got there. And when we walked into a small hospital, mm -hmm. When we walked into the hospital and I saw her there on uh, life support yeah, and her hair just kind of uh, mangled all over and I just saw the machine helping her breathe, I, I lost my legs and I, I lost my lunch yeah. and I, I was just so overwhelmed at, you know, the my wife, the woman that I loved and spent so many years with was sitting there. Um, and uh, she was in a coma. They said that the police actually brought her, the ambulance didn't, because she wasn't breathing. And from mm -hmm. the time they took her from the car to uh, the hospital, she wasn't breathing. Mm, I didn't, didn't hear have, that yeah, one. Yeah, she, she wasn't breathing. They, wow. They told me that later. I read it in the police report. Mm. And so as I, as I sat there, um, really unable to move and even stand before her, um, I was so thankful to have Tim there. And I remember Tim just as I was just crying out to God and saying, God, help me. I don't even know what to say to you, Lord, except help me do, do something right now mm. and wake her up. I saw Tim walk over to Lisa in the emergency room and he just, you just stood before her. And I don't know if you remember this, you just raised your hands mm. and you just, he just began to cry out to God. Um, I was totally, I couldn't do anything. And I just sat there and I saw Tim praying and I just remembered that God is here. Hmm. Uh, this is going to be really, really hard, hmm. but God is here. Yeah. And um, to kind of fast forward a little bit, you guys stayed a little bit longer. A week longer. And actually, yeah. they, they took care of my son, Kristen and Ricky, who were in a different hospital. And we got, uh, we got Lisa to uh, International Hospital in Bangkok, a couple of hours away. Hmm. 
Well, within a couple of weeks, after, uh, well, actually within a couple of days, we did some tests and MRIs and CAT scans and all these things. Mm. And I remember the doctor coming to me uh, with some friends, and he said the words, there is no hope she's going to die. And it just didn't make any sense to me that yeah. that, that, that could be true. Um, then one of the doctors from our mission uh, came from another country, came and visited a, a good friend of mine. And uh, he looked at all the tests. He looked at everything, the same thing the doctor said. Mm. He said it a little bit differently. He said, if God doesn't intervene, she's going to die. Mm. That's very, very different. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of hope in that. And uh, we heard this over and over again from, from the doctor. But we, we began to hold on to that God can do anything. In fact, if he just spoke a word, she would wake up, just right, like the little right, girl right. Um, that Jesus stood before in her family, and he closed the room off, and he just said, little girl, get up. Yep, yep. Uh, Lisa, that's possible. And so we began to hold on to that. Mm. But we waited for three months. Mm. She was in a coma. She was in an ICU for 40 days, and uh, in a coma, really no response at all. In fact, and, we came one day yeah. before she woke up. Yeah, she, oh, they, she woke up the day before we yeah, got there. She, we came back. She began to wake up, and actually the first thing that she said, I was reading a song to her with <clears throat> me and Kristen. And again, the doctor's just saying every day she's not going to wake up. She's going to be like this. She's, you have to put her in a home, and I'll, mm, you know she's mm, going to be mm. in a vegetative state. And... Um, Kristen, I was reading a psalm to her. My daughter Kristen was there. And uh, as we were reading it to her, I heard her say, I thought I heard someone say, praise the Lord. Wow. And I thought, well, who said that? And I said, Kristen, did you say something? And she looked at me and she said, Mom, what did you say? And she just whispered, praise the Lord. And so I ran to get the doctor. <laughs> and by the time, and, and she kind of opened up and her eyes and kind of looked at me. I got the doctor. And by the time the doctor came in, she was gone again. Oh. And then the next day, same thing. She woke up. She was more alert. Went and got the doctor. She came back. She was, she was out again. Yeah. Third day, um, I, she woke up again. And I was telling the doctor, she's waking up. And he said, you need to see a psychologist. <laughs> he wanted me to see a psychologist. I said, I don't care what you're saying. He said, People imagine the most incredible things and love. You want to imagine your loved one getting, and you're imagining this. Nothing is different on the chart. Nothing is different on the scans, the test. I said, she's waking up. And the third day, she woke up. Wow. And I said to her, Lisa, look at your son. And she looked at her son, Ricky. I said, look at Kristen. And she looked at Kristen. And I said, you are in an accident. You've been in a coma three months. And she just whispered, Wow. And then we got the doctor. She began to whisper a little bit. And I said, do you understand? And she said, yes. Just whispering ever so lightly. And the doctor came in. And she actually said to the doctor in Thai, hello, doctor, how are you? Sawadee kun ma. Sawadee mai ka. And she said that to the doctor. And he was just so shocked that she spoke Thai. He turned around and he hugged me. Wow. 
And he said, I'm a Buddhist. I've never seen a miracle, but this is a miracle. Yeah. This is, this is something Amen. different. Amen. And he used to come in and talk to Lisa. So that was in 2009, um, late 2009, November, when she woke up. And uh, it's been 11 years. And uh, she had all of her memory. She, um, everything. And when you came back to the States... She was in the hospital here, and that yeah. was like February. We were we were Another in the couple months. Yeah, we were in the hospital, in Bangkok, six months. We came back to California, two more months in the hospital. And when you left, she still couldn't move her feet. She couldn't, couldn't sit. She couldn't stand. Yeah. She couldn't even sit in a wheelchair. And we and it's been many many years of hard work and prayer. Yep. To get to the point where she can walk around a little bit in her walker. Yep. And she drives all over this She's town. got her electric. She goes all <laughs> over the place. And she's telling people. I can tell you how many times Lisa has said to me. Yeah. Um, because of how God has used it. It's all worth it. That's a hard thing to say. That is a tough one. That's a hard one for me to Especially say. Especially Lisa was an athlete, a teacher, yeah. coach. I mean, singer. very singer. She still sings. Yeah. Very, very active. Yeah. And then to be confined uh, a large portion of your life now to a chair uh, reminds me of Johnny Erickson's story in a big way. But, um, you know, we've followed this, their story, but it has been such a privilege to hear how Rick and Lisa did not stay off the field. God put them back on the field. We about went, was it a year later or a year and a half later? A year and a half and later, we went back for eight more years to Thailand. Eight more years, and now they're living in Spain, ministering. Uh, limitations, but I want to tell you the thing I've learned from this couple is that when God's in it, don't let your limitations limit Him, because. Uh, he often uses, as we say, our messes for messages. And right now I can tell you, and Mom Lori can tell you this, this lady right here is a huge testimony. They've only been in Phoenix, what, two weeks now. And uh, she's already been witnessing all over the place and discipling a young gal. And this lady is an incredible testimony. And, and I keep putting words for her, but I want to ask her, and listen, I want you to listen carefully because sometimes it's a struggle for her uh, to get some words out, uh, especially if she's tired and I've been keeping her going here for a while today. But Lisa, what I really want you to tell these people is what God has taught you through all of this because your testimony is a horrendous blessing to us. So uh, what has God taught you in this whole thing? Well, I would say that, first of all, that, that what you said, weakness. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, this is my theme verse for my life now, but it's great. Um, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made in perfect weakness. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I boast more in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So that's huge. That wow. he's, and, he's, and our weakness is power to be perfect. Perfect power. I'm like, perfect power? I have that? Whoa. That's spiritual power. That Yes. It's, it's all him. And that's what God taught me is he does all things for our good and his glory. All things. This was not an accident in that sense. It's part of God's plan for my life, and I'm very happy that it happened because I want to be used by him, and this is, and God, and God can use anything. That's for a fact. 
You know, I heard someone say, there are no accidents no. in God's plan, That's only right. incidences. That's mm-hmm. right. So what is the biggest lesson, I think, that, that you take home from this? And what would you mm-hmm. tell people that are going through uh, challenges, uh, physical challenges, emotional challenges, whatever it is? I mean, a challenge is a challenge. People yeah. are, what we might say, handicapped, and they're not in a wheelchair. That's, yeah. true. That's true. I was. I've been there, too. Because healing a heart's harder than healing a body. Mm-hmm. And he does all, he heals hearts and souls and bodies. In First Thessalonians, I think 5, 4, it says, He wants to sanctify your body, soul, and spirit. And that's all, that's a whole person. And, and the people say, he, he heals us. He's a healer. Healing the body is one thing, healing his heart and soul is more, more important. Yeah. And, and he does that too. Yeah. He, he's healer for all things. Yeah. All your wounds, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, family, friends, money, all those things. He, he is enough. He is sufficient for those things. Wow, Lisa. Um, talk to those people there and tell them what you would like them to glean from this. Mm. Touch summarize that, but I would say. Even your identity, Lisa, yeah. you've refused to identify with a wheelchair or whatever. You encourage mom all the time. She's happier than I am. (laughs) She's happier than me. Well, this is the thing. It's who you are. It's not, it's who I am is daughter of God. And Lori's mom's daughter of God. Tim's the son of God. Yeah. And if you're a pastor, missionary, teacher, homeschool mom, whatever your thing is, who you are, those are rules you have. A rule has handicapped missionary wife, mom, but who I am is daughter of God. That, mm-hmm. is, that, that never changes. Whatever, whatever happens in life, I'm for all eternity, I'll be his daughter forever. That's right. Mom, what do you want to say to Lisa or to the crowd here? I just am blown away by both of you as far as your faithfulness. You, that's important to God, is your faithfulness and the way you have hung in there and, the, and through all of this and together as a couple what an example you are as far as your marriage and holding on together and ministering together through all of this it's just an an awesome testimony for for jesus is glorified through you and and we love you and appreciate so much you hanging in there and faithful faithful testimony with the relation, actually, your relationship to Jesus has has grown. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. It it has grown you up into a beautiful, mature woman of God. That's true. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, Rick. I want you to look at that camera there, and I want you to give a word to these people. Lisa, you're such a blessing, and what you just said mm-hmm. has touched thousands right now and uh rick what would you say to them about their trials challenges because we're we're in this midst of this covid stuff but that's nothing compared to what you guys have been through but uh how would you encourage them and then i'm going to ask you to pray for them i I think there are times when we I know there are times for me, and I imagine there's times for you when you feel like Job. In Job 23, mm. Job is looking around, yeah. and 
he doesn't see God working. Hmm. And I remember waiting for three months for Lisa to wake up and not trusting God, but also knowing that God may have a different plan than what I'm asking. Now, I was bold and said, God, you've given me authority over her as her husband. This is what I want. And I was, I told him exactly what I wanted. But you had a lot of Job's friends around you. Yeah, yeah, we did. And uh, yeah, we had a few of those. (laughs) But there are times when we look around, and I'm just thinking about Job 23, starting in verse 8, he said, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. Hmm. And backwards, but I don't perceive him. He's saying, I look forward, and I look backward, Hmm. and I just don't sense what God's doing. Yeah. And sometimes we don't sense what God's doing. And those three months, I couldn't see Hmm. clearly what Hmm. God was doing. And I was asking him every day, show me. Mm -hmm. Verse 9, on the left hand, when he is working... I don't behold him. There's a recognition that God is working, but yeah. Job says, I don't, I don't see it. Mm. He turns to the right hand, but I don't see him. Mm. And there are times when we're struggling through something, especially in life and ministry, we just don't see mm-hmm. what God is doing. We're hurting so much. Our heart is being ripped out of us yeah. for someone that we love, someone that we're ministering to. In verse 10 he says something really, really beautiful. But he knows the way that I take. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Job says, I don't see forward, I don't see backward, yeah. left, right. I don't see what God is doing in this moment. Right. Yeah. But God knows where I'm standing. Amen. And it's more important, I realize it's more important that God knew I was standing in that ICU Mm. than me understanding and perceiving everything that he's doing. Most of the time, we don't see what God's doing. If it's a good day, we don't see what God is doing, really. If it's a terrible day and our heart is being ripped out of us, it's even harder to see and understand it. Job says to perceive what God is doing. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Wow. And I'm just thinking about so many situations that I hated going through Mm -hmm. that were so difficult. And this was the worst. It couldn't have been worse. Mm -hmm. My kids were in the hospital. My wife was in the hospital. Yeah. My wife was seriously injured. And, but I came many, many times I realized God knew right where I was. I can't see you, God. But I'm so glad you know that I'm right here. And Mm -hmm. To know that God knows our steps, knows where we stand, Mm -hmm. is more important than always figuring out what he's doing in a moment. Oh, that's good. But I do think he does want us to know what he's doing. It just takes some time. Mm -hmm. And when we're faithful and we keep looking to him and we keep focused on him, we are going to perceive it. We are going to see it. Um, One day we'll understand it all. Every pain, every heartache, yeah. every tear will be wiped away. Mm. And so I love the days that I have now, but I really look forward to that day too. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, how about those pastors, Rick, that are going through some church troubles right now? Um, that's a challenge. That's a yeah. could be a handicap to them. In my experience, um, there are difficulties and challenges sometimes when other people attack us. Some other people um, 
come after us and falsely accuse us yeah, or yeah. Um, misinterpret things and twist things around. Mm. Actually, those are more difficult, I can say, than this experience. Because what happened to my wife was an accident. Yeah. And when you're attacked personally or you've poured your heart into somebody and someone turns on you or you poured your heart into a ministry mm. and COVID happens mm. or you lose everything or you think you lose everything, wow. sometimes those are more difficult because it's very personal. Yeah. But it's the truth is the same. Yes. And actually, the Bible tells us to expect these kinds of things. I mean, it does. It's just get ready for it. Yeah. Be, be prepared. Be on alert. Keep your mind sober because there is an evil one out there like a roaring lion. And all he wants to do is, yeah. is eat you up. And, yep. and it says that he wants to destroy us. Mm -hmm. And so when we go through those difficulties in ministry, yeah. sometimes it hurts more yeah. than an accident. That's right. I can, at least I had an accident. I, I, in a way, you can kind of deal with that as difficult. But when you're attacked personally or something you've worked on so hard and you just feel like you want to give up because you don't see what God is doing. I think that's why we want to give up. We just yeah. can't see yeah. it. Yeah. And Job didn't see it. Job never really saw it. Right. But one day he stood before God and God said, let me explain to you. There you go. And God will have to do that with us too. Yes, yes. Amen. You know, whatever you're going through right now, I can tell you, Lisa, have you ever wanted to give up? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Rick, I know you've been under personal attack. You know what it does, right? What he said, when some, you're ministering and your motives are being attacked mm -hmm. and your position is being attacked, um, it's very difficult. I mean, uh, the people that love us, that, that I mean, that uh, have given us the most joy can also be the people that cause us the most pain. But uh, you are called, you have a purpose, God's with you, and you need to uh, keep your eyes fixed on Him in the midst of these things. I don't think uh, you could have ever been where you are today if it wasn't for your faith. It's true. And you know, this lady, <laughs> four in the morning, 4.30, she gets out of her bed. Rick's still laying there where he should be, and she should be probably. <clears throat> but she gets in her electric chair, and uh, she gets out of the house. She goes to the nearest Starbucks to watch the sunrise. Mm -hmm. And you get your coffee, but you're there sharing the joy of Jesus with all those workers. Yeah. And uh, that just touched my heart so much. She prays there over the city and over us, me, mm -hmm. her husband, her family, those that she's working with. Even in Spain, Lisa's all over town. Rick says half the time I don't know where she is on that little scooter of hers. Yeah. But she travels all over sharing Jesus, discipling people. Lisa, don't give up. Keep going. I know you are such a testimony. So many people... And before we close, Lisa, I want you to pray for okay. these people okay. and those that are hurting today, those that don't have the answers. Yep. You pray for them. Okay. Father, thank you so much for your love, for your yes, grace. Lord. You're yes. you're omnipresent. You're in every country in the globe. You're That's with each right. one of us. And now you, with your each child of yours, you have the Spirit that lives inside us. And your Spirit's with each one now. That's Let's right. do this, Lord. 
speak in their hearts what you what you want them to hear. Not what I'm saying, not what Rick's saying, not Tim or Lori, but what you say in their heart. Lord, speak to their hearts you want what they need to hear from That's you. That's right. And let them obey. Lord, let them hear and obey you. Lord, it's all about you. That's also true. Apart from you, we can do nothing. That's right. It's all you, Jesus. All, all the whole world's history, all, all life's for you. Your amazing love, your grace. And the whole mm. world right now is, mm. wants joy, peace, and love. That's Every right. human on earth wants love, joy, and peace. That's right. And Jesus, you're at the epitome of those three things. We know that you are the what they need. But help us to share that because you are the one who right. gives love, joy, and peace. You embody right. those things. You are those things. I pray that each one today would remember that we can we can share the love, joy, mm. and peace mm. through the Spirit. Lord. The Spirit inside of us can flow through us to others around us. No matter what our situation, money, language, all those things don't matter. As long as your Spirit's there, mm. love, joy, and peace will flow through us. And your gospel can go out, the good news of your hope and That's right. hope that we anchor for our souls in this world now, right. fear and panic and or faith and hope. Mm. And you're you're a faith and hope. Your hope is the anchor for our souls, and what we need, we need to anchor right now for for the chaos, the world That's storm, right. and even That's calm right. places need. That's anchor. right. You think you've been our anchor, Jesus? Ask that each one listening to this would hear your voice. And That's right. And do what you say and be comforted and encouraged by your spirit right now. The great comforter is your spirit, That's Lord. That's right. Thank you for his helping us. I ask all this in the powerful name mm, of Jesus. Mm. Amen. You know, Lisa wanted to sing when she woke up. Yeah. Make sure she could sing. She didn't forget a song. Mm. Lisa, what song do you want to go out on? Because I want you and Lori to sing a little song. Mm. I think the one you sang in the car. Do you remember what that was on the way to lunch today? Which one? Wh which one did she say? My tribute? The tribute, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you give to prove your love for me. The voices of million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to Thee. To God be the glory. To God be the glory, to God be the glory for the things he has done. With his blood he has saved me, with his power he has raised me, to God be the glory for the things he has done. Whoa. Yeah. You know, Rick and I didn't sing, and the reason is we would have ruined the song. We praise the Lord sure. with our other gifts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right, Rick? We have no choice. <laughs> Lisa, thank you. I remember standing in that hospital uh, when we came back in December, and you had just woken up, and um, you 
started to sing a song. I taped it. I tried to find it the other day, and it was on one of my older phones. I think I might have lost it, but uh, she sang that day because she that was her. You were a big concern about that that you could be able to sing again because. Even talking at first was a huge challenge. And uh, she's overcome. She's an overcomer. She's not being overcome. She's an overcomer. So, folks, God bless you. And thank you for joining us today. Look, we trust you'll come back next Wednesday. And stay tuned because Rick's going to join me again real soon so that we can uh, hear a little more from Rick. Pray for them and their ministry. And, uh, you know, look, let's stay tight. Let's stay together in this. This is why I love this format where we can just talk to people because you're hearing things today that uh, ought to bless you. If you weren't blessed today, I don't think you have any feelings. So God bless you all, and thank you for joining us here on Connect with Bishop Tim and Lori Daly. And until next Wednesday, we'll talk to you again soon.